0: And life. to the Aftershock. We have a full crew tonight. Robert Jonas, Alex Morgan, Jamin Moore, and I'm Phil Leva, and we're here after a 3-2 loss. The San Jose Earthquakes lose to their arch rivals, Los Angeles Galaxy. Uh, difficult match for the boys. Jamin, I'm going to kick it over to you first. Uh, glad to have you with us tonight. Yeah. What are your thoughts right after the match? Excited to get to join in person.
1: Obviously, I am less of a lucky charm at a home game than I am on a
2: road Send game. Send them back to
1: Seattle. <laughs> the Quakes lose tonight and you know it felt to me there was about 20 good minutes of soccer in the end of the first half and the rest of it whatever good soccer existed was because it was seeded to them by the galaxy having a lead the defense in the second half particularly was just poor in the first half seeded too much ground and then the pitch was a bit wet tonight I don't know if you guys caught it but there was a lot of sliding tonight Jonah Mensa slips wasn't really in a good defensive position they go down a goal early after probably giving up 90% possession early in the game. Only 16 completed passes in the first 15 minutes of the game. That's just a rough way to start. And it kind of portended the way the rest of the evening would go. Sands that couple moments of magic that they got, you know, in the middle of the first half
0: couple moments of magic, Alex. What do you think? There were a lot of gaps in the middle of the, of the pitch for the Quakes that allowed the, uh, the LA Galaxy to come through and create opportunities. They pressed at times. But I think at least two of the goals tonight, the Galaxy capitalized on those moments where the Quakes didn't have as much pressure on the players. So what do you think? Do you agree with Jamin here that there were some good moments for the Quakes, but overall a bad defensive uh, output for them?
2: I mean, Jamin says it was 20 good minutes of soccer. He might be a little bit there. They scored two goals. <laughs> in the space of, of what, 90 seconds uh, in the first half? And other than that, they were struggling to break the Galaxy down. They had had a decent stretch at the end of the first half where they were pushing the tempo, where they were getting balls in behind. Uh, But it felt like creative force in the midfield. And, and and that felt like the story of tonight. The focus of tonight was just that they got overran in the midfield and they lost the midfield battle. They let Ricky Pooch control and dominate this game. They let the Galaxy play those combinations through the middle. And in, in the end of the second half, the, the Quakes really had trouble closing down space in the midfield, collapsing the defense. And, and that was why the
0: Galaxy were able to, to score those
2: two quick goals
0: at the beginning of the first half. Yeah, second half. It, second half. Uh, and Robert... Uh, just kind of your reflections on the match here. Quakes, do pull; they do get a couple of goals, but they concede enough to walk away with zero points at home. You know, in such Alex uses the word conceded the midfield. Um, they lost the
3: battle in the midfield. You kind of have to have players in the midfield to lose that battle. I mean, they definitely just vacated the midfield at times. When that, when that ball got out onto the wing, the Quakes would overload, the Galaxy would overload, and you had a couple of Quakes – entirely on the other side of the field, maybe waiting for the miracle cross-field pass, but it didn't seem like anyone was checking back to the ball from the side or even from the forward line enough to to make take advantage of some of the space that they could actually have had if anyone had been there to take it. So I did think this game was entertaining. I will say that off the top. it was uh, There was a lot of back and forth, a lot of great opportunities. I would say just entertaining soccer. Galaxy is going to walk away three points and be very happy about it.
2: I, I, I want to that on that a little bit, Robert, because the Quakes play in a 4-2, 3-1, 4-4-2. They're not in the battle in the midfield. They know that the Galaxy is going to step in and is going to try to control the midfield space and is going to have the majority of possession, and that's fine. And when, when the Quakes did the best, it's not because they got a bunch of numbers in the midfield and, and tried to play it slowly through the midfield in the way that the Galaxy did it's when they were able to play directly to play into Jeremy Obobese's feet and get a layoff. When Jameer Montero was able to get a layoff to Jackson Ewell and then they were able to go long. That was when the Quakes looked good in the first half, uh, but they weren't able to, to do that enough. Uh, it felt like they kind of got caught in between. In a, a lot of times, they didn't know whether they were going to launch or whether they were going to hold. They didn't know in this phase of the game, are we supposed to press or are we supposed to uh, to stay in a defensive block?
3: But right. but, but I do want to see the Quakes take advantage of that space when they can have it. I mean, Greg Manny spoke this week about the Quakes being a wing-focused team. He knew that they were going to have to defend those wings strongly, and they did. And and the Quakes didn't make an enough of adjustment or or sort of test that center when it was available to them to see if they could uh, outdo the Galaxy in terms of the way they were playing them back. And that's, I think, where they uh, they had their opportunities. You know,
0: I was thinking about that a lot during the match, Robert, because uh, one of the instances in which we saw the Quakes capitalize uh, offensively is when they were a little more lateral at the very front of the formation. So we saw Cade Cowell with a lot of movement in the first half and actually catching uh, the LA Galaxy center backs off guard. But we didn't continue to see that throughout the match. And in the opportunities in which Cade Cowell actually uh, could score were, you know, he, he didn't capitalize on those opportunities Uh, i think he had four shots that were actually not on target in the and you know going into the second half right before he got subbed out so uh kicking it back over to you just talking about the offensive output here kate cow we got to see matthew hoppy for a bit we got to see io akinola there are a lot of offensive options that Lucci went with what stood out to you in the match
1: yeah the part that stood out to me was a a bit of a time in the second half where it looked like the offense was starting to click and again i want to couch that by saying that the Galaxy are at that point have the lead, and they're ceding right. a bit of, of the possession to the Quakes. So it's not necessarily, you know, the Quakes necessarily took the bull by the horns, but there was a couple situations transition, and a lot of the connections started to look pretty good. And for instance, the cowl pass that that was just a little bit off, mm-hmm. or uh, a Bobacy open in the box with for a potential header, but the cross sails just a little bit over his head, like. There were a lot of opportunities that they looked better than they had in the last couple of games, but it's a home game. It's a Cali Classico. If you can't get up for a game like this, then what are you doing, right? And so at this point, you know, are they in danger of falling out of the playoffs? Not yet. Um, You know, a couple wins, uh, a draw or 2 we'll get them into the playoffs at this point. But losing these three points tonight and giving them to a team below them in the table, and now having to go and face Minnesota,
2: mm-hmm. that
1: makes that Minnesota game feel, with several games to go, like a must-win. Absolutely. And
2: let's be honest, they haven't really shown up for any of the California Classico games this season. They lost 2-1 to one earlier in the season. They tied 2-2 at Stanford, and they lost this one 3-2. They did three games against the Galaxy this season, and they've come out with zero wins. And I, I think that's disappointing for, for, for this team. And, uh, especially if the Western Conference is, is getting crowded. And, and, and this one did actually remind me a lot of that game at Stanford Stadium, where the Galaxy came out on top, where they scored an early goal, uh, and where the Quakes were were struggling. And, and I think the difference between that game and this game was Jack Skane, because in that game, Jack Skane came on in the second half, and he pushed the tempo. He got that second goal, and he was leading the Quakes line. He was you know, winning the ball high up the field, and he was putting the Galaxy on the back foot. The Quakes didn't really have Jack, uh, a guy like Jack Skane in there. Montero is has has not been uh, the guy who's going to push the tempo there. He had a, a great assist tonight, uh, and and he finds beautiful passes, but he's not shown himself to be the number ten who is a, a you know going to shuttle the ball, going to uh, you know push high up the uh, up the field press the back line, and, and lead this offense. We did get to see a little bit of that from Nico Shakiris tonight. And Nico's very young,
1: right? And we need to give him the time to be able to grow. It was disappointing he started off the year with an injury because he did look good in preseason when, when we saw him against the Red Bulls. And, and uh, Lucci commented how good of a preseason he had had, and he was excited about the playing time he expected Nico to get. And it just hasn't really come together for that. But I think tonight was his best showing we'd seen in some time. He did kind of look more like the 10. He did kind of push the issue around the box. He did play a bit progressively into the situations. Matthew T- Hoppy with a kind of a hard touch, cuts it back, doesn't get off a shot. But that comes from Nico Shakira's past. And so there were situations where you saw that glimmer of what you want to see from Nico Shakira's. Unfortunately, you know, not enough. And you're right. Missing Jack Skane, and we got a bit of news, I think, on Jack Skane. Um, missing Jack Skane tonight was a huge difference because there was nobody helping to kind of loss that midfield when they needed it because he's got that pace to be able to keep up with players <laughs> like Ricky Pooge. But you don't quite have that without him in there. And when Pooge got free, there was nobody that was going to be able to stop him. He went 40 yards down the middle of the pitch. And scored what looked like to be a pretty simple goal, yep. pretty professional goal on his part. And, you know, that's just a situation that you can't get outnumbered in that and can get caught forward and allow a player like that to get in behind. But if you do, you have to have a player in a position to track back. Montero was walking. Mm-hmm. Montero did not see that as a situation that he device. needed to track back on. And it was a huge problem.
2: Well, I, I want to push back on that a little bit because I don't think it was just Montero. I think at that point oh, in no, the game, and Yule right. were also tired and being asked to do way too much. And I really think that, you know, Luchi Gonzalez could have made earlier substitutions in this game because at this point of the season, the Quakes have depth. They have Shakiras off the bench. They have uh, Matthew Hoppy. They have Ayo Akinola. They have Benji Gakanovich. They have a lot of guys off the bench who can make this team better. And he didn't use them really until the 75th minute, well after the Galaxy had already mounted their comeback. And I, I think... If, if I'm Luchi Gonzalez looking back on that, I, I think I'd regret
0: that decision a little. You know what's I'm interesting I'm going to work with is, a bit and step out yeah. so we can get the press conference okay. going here. Sounds good. great. Excellent. You know, um, I want to talk a little bit more about Jimiro Montero. I know he's kind of hit on this quite a bit, but one of the things that I notice about Montero is when he gets the ball, when he receives the ball in the attacking position, rather than darting forward, as we often see with Jack Skane and filling that pocket that's right in front of the center backs, we often see him pause and try to distribute to the wings, and sometimes we'll find a ball forward to Jeremy Abobasi or whoever's playing in the forward position. And I just feel like tonight, Jamiro Montero was trying to marshal that part of the field. He was trying to get things going and create things. But Alex, I think you kind of hinted at some of the issue here. And I actually saw Colin Etnair post about this in the Slack. There was evening. an extensive
2: back and forth between yeah, our two wonderful contributors, it, Asher Cohn and Colin Etnaier.
0: And I think it, a lot of it is like the identity of the team. Like what, it, what kind of a team is this exactly? What are they trying to be? Is this a counterattacking team? Is this a team that is building through the middle, which obviously we haven't seen a whole lot of? Is it a team that is going to be stretching the back line? Um, I think there are a lot of questions around, around that. And if you watch Jamero Montero's performance tonight, yes, it was, as Colin said, very tidy. However, it wasn't actually creating in the attack and forcing the issue. And I think that's what a lot of the problem was tonight.
2: Yeah, I, I think the answer is as simple as Jack Skein is getting a really true natural number 10 in the position. Because Junior Montero, I, I don't think his best position is a 10. I think he's an 8, yeah, and the was. Quakes don't play with an 8. I think he's a fantastic player right now who's not being used very well because he should be in the 8 position. Absolutely. And... Uh, I, I I think the Quakes need to be flexible they need to be a team that can press when they want to and can bunker and, and counter when they want to and a guy like Jack Skane in that number 10 position can allow them to do it but but forcing Montero into that role when that's not where he's the most comfortable is where I think you're seeing some of these uh you know questions come up mm-hmm. about the team's identity and, and what they're trying to do because because I, I I don't think Jameer Montero
3: is
0: You also have Jackson Yule, and then you have Carlos so occupying those spots in the midfield. Graueso obviously a six, right? He's playing right in front of the uh, defenders. But, you know, when you're watching the match, when you're kind of viewing what the best possible midfield combination could be, I mean, what do you think that is? Is Lucci going with his best option here? Or uh, is it just a matter of because they don't have Jack Skane as an option? Or or what could be better for the squad, you know, if Lucci had uh, the opportunity to, to go back and try something different. And
2: Robert has all the answers.
3: You know, I I don't I don't disagree with the, t- the starting three. I, I do think that the game plan didn't work from the opening whistle. Uh, Jamin and I were watching a C fail to get the ball on pass after pass that was sort of sent into his area, and that was coming out of the midfield. And when that failed, there was kind of, there was no plan B, at least not immediately. And the Galaxy just overran them in that first twenty minutes of the game. You know, at that point, you know. You, would, if they'd had a different midfield in there, I'm not sure it changes. I'm not sure he would have actually changed that approach to try to take advantage of Gary. So, you know, you know I, would, I would like to see in a situation where, you know, you can give guys some minutes like a, like a Nico. I think he'd be great. I, I would love to see him get more than just the, the mm-hmm. minutes at the end of a game. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, even see him play with the game tied or even with the quakes ahead and see what kind of contributions he can make. But he's not ready to start this game. Yeah. And I, I'm not, really not sure you have anyone else to do so. One thing about Jackson Yule, though that concerns me a little bit, and maybe this is just the adjustment of the season, or maybe some of it's fatigue. He really started the season strong, trying to break lines, stepping forward, becoming a almost a second attacking midfielder at times, scoring goals, scoring goals. And and he's really just settled back. You know, he's Carlos's you know deputy on the side, one side or the other. You don't see as much of that aggressiveness getting into the attacking third, and I think that's something that uh, you know he and maybe the coaching staff need to kind of evaluate and see, you know, what they can
0: do to take more advantage of what Jackson's capable of doing on the ball. Yeah, you know, I think you're onto something there, Robert. And I'm, I'm thinking about the forward position as well. We got to see some substantive minutes from uh, Matthew Hoppe during this yeah. match. And he also struggled in similar ways that Jeremy and Bobese did in trying to find those right. passes. Now, whether that was a matter of, like, Uh, just technical or skill-wise or just not finding the passes. I I think that says something about what's going on with the squad. So uh, speaking of Matthew Hoppe, this is a topic that I wanted to bring up because I have both of you here tonight. We got to see some minutes from matthew hoppy alex i'm going to go to you first because you were really excited to see him come into the squad i know that he's only had a couple of appearances for the quakes but what are your your thoughts so far in regards to matthew hoppy what you've seen from him what his potential could be and what he can provide for the earthquakes
2: i think he had a really solid debut at the weekend where he was getting in good spots making good decisions pushing the tempo forward i don't think that he covered himself in glory tonight Uh, I was hoping that he'd be able to come in and make a bigger impact, Uh, but he was, I think, struggling to be decisive and and make the right decision. I think he was genuinely getting himself in good positions, uh, but the end product wasn't there. Now, uh, was he any worse than Cade Cowell? No, Cade Cowell struggles with the exact same thing, getting in solid positions, but not necessarily having tight control of the ball uh, Mm -hmm. or or knowing exactly when to release. So so I I think they honestly were very similar performances tonight. Cade Cow's performance and, and Matthew Hoppe. He wasn't able to raise the level uh, like I was hoping. Really, I think the only substitute who, who was able to raise the level uh, was Nico Shakiras. And and that was positive, as, as Jamin said, because Nico was a guy who struggled a lot at the beginning of the season. He had a big injury at the beginning of the year. Uh, he struggled to get his feet under him in his first few appearances. But tonight he was pushing the ball forward. Uh, he had a couple great passes. He had the, the Travella pass for Rodriguez uh, in the, the goal that was called offside right at the very end. This was a solid performance from Nico Shakiris. It makes me hopeful that he can raise his game and he can be another guy who can fill that 10 position because he's very similar to Jack Skane. So if you can have two guys who can kind of fit that mold, who can trade off in that role, I think that's a, a good plan for the quakes moving into the back half of this season
3: i, I wrote down for hoppy trying too hard and, and, and that, that note was sort of based on the idea that you know i saw him trying to make passes that if this had been his sixth month with the club and the guys around him kind of knew what to expect those passes might have come off mm. but tonight they were going right to the galaxy or right into space for someone to to, to steal the ball it was sort of you know sort of diffusing any of the, those promising attacks especially around midfield now a that uh, that's something that maybe he's being given a little more permission to play his game, but he still has to develop the chemistry with the players around him to be able to play that game. And so a little bit of cautiousness, I think, would have really helped and maybe kind of taken away a few of those take- or those giveaways. Um, and so I think that's why we definitely didn't see the best of Matthew Coffee tonight. I, I liked um, Right, but I, I just think you know, that's something that you know maybe that's a coach's decision to give him free reign, or maybe he's the kind of player who feels confident enough that you know his teammates are going to be able to get on the passes. But a couple of weeks of training is probably not enough to develop that kind of style. He's got to play a little more conservatively with getting in there.
1: Yeah, I I like that situation where his positioning of where he was when he got that pass from Nico and he was able to have the opportunity to get a shot off, even though it didn't come off, like positioning wise. Like, is he in a good position to be able to do something there, create something there? The answer is yes. What I didn't care for was these moments where he was the guy far outside the box whose job it was to get the ball in the box. And I'm like, wait a second. You got Matthew Hoppy. The reason you got him is because the guy scored goals in the Bundesliga, even for a short period of time. Why is he not in the box? Why is he the one on the outside putting in the crosses? Mm-hmm. He's a bit bigger, got a bit of size. Is he? I, mean, I I, I, don't
0: uh, he's, he, he's I actually, wonky. I I think he definitely was, and there was a couple moments at the end of the match when Matthew Hoppe very effectively used his body to win the ball in he the was, box.
1: He was he was trying to box the keeper in in, in on the corners yeah. and and be able I, to do some stuff like that. I so, like him as a Rom
2: Deuter, kind of at the top of the box, looking for layoffs, fair. looking for ball. I don't know if he's going to be. You know, a guy in there like Ayo Akinola, who's right. going to win headers and, and take the ball down. But I like him being right in that area. But he oh. was 30 oh. min-
1: 30 yards from goal mm-hmm. and trying to put in crosses that no one was ready for or trying to dribble around the top of the box, got double teamed and dispossessed. Very Cade Cowell-like. If you want to compare him to Cade Cowell, yeah. that yep, happened to him twice. That. Yeah. Right? And in fact, led to a breakaway, you know, that the Galaxy mm-hmm. then took, took to the corner and were able to waste off more time. So, you know, it... Was, was there a moment or two that was good? Yes. Was there more moments that were not as good? Yes, but I could just question how he was being used. And I would have liked to see him closer to goal. Now I know Io was in there, right? So you already got two forwards. So, you know, at some point it's a little too much. But one of the things that happened to the Quake time and time and time again, we're getting really tired of it, is when they, they put players into the box, and there's three, four guys in the six, and there's absolutely nobody trailing. (laughs) Nobody on the penalty dot, No one at the top of the 18. Mm -hmm. The ball squirts out to the front, and you're like, well, maybe if someone was there, you know, they would have those opportunities. It happened once or
2: twice. Jackson Ewell in the first half had a chance like that that went just wide. I mean, Jeremy, near post run. I was shocked there was a near post run. When they do that, they're good. It's, you know, deceptively simple.
1: Yeah, no, uh, let's go back to the Jackson Ewell situation because... That, Scott, that, that, that shot that he scuffed, wow. mm-hmm. I was like, you know, wow. There was actually a, a near post run mm-hmm. there for a cutback. I was shocked. Like, where has this been all season long? And, yeah, he didn't obviously, for the second time tonight, cover himself in glory um, in that situation. But, you know, and he was in a good position. And I'd like to see him get in that position more often or some other trailing minutes for the Quakes
2: did that well and I think what they did tonight that I hadn't seen before but I actually quite liked was their willingness to to dribble past a man and break the lines in midfield we saw it three or four times Christian Espinosa get the ball in pocket of space inside and then take a touch past the midfielder and then that opens up a 2v1 with the forward in the box and that's how they scored their goal that's how they uh, uh were able to push the table get that Jackson Ewell cut back so I I kind of liked Christian Espinosa you know, tucking inside a little yeah. bit in possession. And I think that worked well for about 20 minutes. Anytime and then Christian
1: Espinosa comes central, good things tend to happen. Mm-hmm. And he's on the wing. He's going to put in a lot of hopeful crosses. And he's going to have to, you know, beat 1v1s. And frankly, you know, those get cleared quite easily. Um, I like it better when he gets to the inside. Here's a thought.
2: Christian Espinosa, number 10, Jameer Montero in the wing. What do you think?
4: Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think we win. might yeah, see might
2: see an early
1: red card from Christian if he's in the middle yeah. because he does like to mix it up defensively at times.
2: Here's here's yeah. the one thing that makes me makes me <laughs> makes Robert nervous. Like <laughs> he's, got... he's got the ball at the top of the box. He rips three four shots a game. I think you have a decent chance of him putting the ball in the back of the net when he gets in central positions. He can hit the ball at the top of the box in the way that I don't think any of the other central midfielders the Quakes right now are willing to do. And I think that
1: makes them significantly more dangerous up in the middle. Look, we're having a good time right now and we want to entertain the fans. But, you know, we're, we're, we're finding positives in a game that was very largely a set of negatives. Mm-hmm. I try to be the person to come on here and go like, hey, look, you know, it's one game. There's plenty of games like they're on pace and things like that. And they're still on pace. Sure. It's not, you know, for those who are going, oh, this team's going to miss the playoffs. You know, I think it's too early to, to think anything like that. That's very negative vibes at this point, given the number of games left. That said, you know, I do get some concerns about what happened down the stretch with the Quakes in the Almeida's first season, 2019. And some people mentioned in the comments tonight, they were getting Almeida vibes here. Can the Quakes find enough rotation to keep the team fresh down the stretch? I have concerns. If you can't start a nico shakiris if jack skein is injured if you can't start a matthew hoppy on the wing if you can't start an iowa canola up top if you can't give find somewhere for christian espinoza to get a rest if he needs it jackson you arrest montero arrest like if you can't find ways to do that it's going to be potentially a very nerve-wracking stretch run for quakes fans
3: well and there's no secrets either about how this team is playing you know again speaking about you know Greg Vanny knew exactly what he wanted to start this game doing and his defense the, the galaxy did everything they needed to do to, to make that that first 20 minutes of quakes play you know i mean it was hard to watch i mean for alex it was especially hard to watch and <laughs> that was something that you know if the quakes are going to be that easy to figure out they're they're not playing a 90 minute game anymore and if they they've got to somehow make adjustments you know maybe with a different set of uh, players in that starting lineup, a slight adjustment to the to the uh, to the, the formation, perhaps to catch some teams off guard.
1: Yeah, and when when they switched to two 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 up top and gone to a three five two, you know when they tried it, it it's time. actually been fairly yeah, dangerous, they've been and they've been tolerance. able to generate good attack time. Look,
2: I I don't think it's worth putting a ton of pressure on this team right now because if they win one or two more games, they're in the playoffs. They don't have to worry. They have enough. I they would have say it's at least runway. two at least two, and three if you want to make sure you get a home game. They have enough runway in order to be able to achieve that. What I want to see right now is I want to see Lucci Gonzalez experimenting. I want to see him trying things like Espinosa in the middle, trying things like a 3-5-2, trying different looks so that they have different options when they get to that playoff game because they need to be prepared to do something different in in that playoff game because there's a three three sort of uh, leg series in the playoffs now they can't approach each of those games the same way. I think that'll it'll the, the three-leg series is going to totally blow up the way that teams approach these playoff games because you have to have different, fresh
0: uh, approaches for every game, and and that's why I want to see Lucci. Experience. So let me ask a quick follow-up question then, because Lucci did make some wholesale changes near the end of the match with some of the substitutions that he made. I mean, is that in your eyes like enough of an uh, experiment, as you said, to try like to try things different to get different players on because. Like, Robert had mentioned it before, like, Matthew Hoppe is still trying to find passes because he's a new member of the squad. Like, that's part of it, right? He's still trying to get a feel for the people around him. It's the same goes for Io Akinola. Like, so they are getting minutes. It's coming along. They're just not getting as many minutes, perhaps. That
2: was was not experimentation tonight. That was desperation tonight. They were throwing everybody they had on the field because they needed to, they they wanted to get the result. That was Daniel coming up for the, the, Mm -hmm. the corner kick at the end of the game. What's experimentation is what they did against Tigres a few weeks ago where they completely changed the shape and they went with the three-five-two and they stuck with it for a solid 45-30 minutes of soccer. That was experimentation. They need to do it a lot earlier in the game before they get in a hole and have to throw everything forward or at the start of the game. That, that's what I'm looking for. Not, not tonight, which is uh, just a, 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 a desperation attempt to get everybody on the feet.
0: Okay, well, I, I want to push back on that a little bit because there were multiple lead changes throughout this match, and earlier in the match, as, as I mentioned, we did see players coming in and shifting inward and playing through the middle of the pitch. We saw Christian Espinosa do that a bit. As you had mentioned, he was effective, and we did see Cade Cal do that, and I think the team looked best when both of those wingers were doing that. So we will be moving over to the press conference very soon, but I, I did want to say that I thought the team was most effective offensively when they switched that up and in those that that short period when they had the lead when they scored those goals was when the wingers came into the middle of the pitch and occupied that space because let's face it like it hasn't been happening from the midfield you mentioned jackson you hasn't been taking those opportunities we haven't seen jamiro montero necessarily do that offensively on his own either he's always looking for the pass.
2: yeah it's it's interesting to me that other coaches and other teams describe the quakes as a wing heavy team because they don't really have traditional wingers in like the four three three model of a winger no, like it happens cap- take on a player beat yeah. him on the dribble mm-hmm. cut back cut inside they don't have those kind of wingers Cade cowell doesn't do that his strength is not 1v1s christian espinosa isn't his strength isn't beating players on their dribble his strength is getting in behind on the counter attack mm-hmm. getting inside getting in interesting pockets and delivering and 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 yeah doing interesting things so so it's they they use wingers differently and it's not just a pure winger system here but we're going to thank another... you everyone for joining tonight's post game
1: press conference with head coach Luigi gonzalez uh we will start with the first question in spanish from maximilio Colorado.
5: hi Luch, how you doing can you hear me yes max
6: bueno profe eh, la primera eh, obviamente derrota eh, dolorosa eh, lo primero es eh, saber tu análisis en, en, en base, no solamente al resultado sino al funcionamiento del equipo, porque obviamente nuevamente se crearon muchísimas ocasiones de gol sobre el final del primer tiempo, el 3 a 1 estaba prácticamente eh, por caer y obviamente eh, esas son cosas que luego carecen de sentido cuando se analiza el partido como un todo ¿no? pero quiero saber, Luchi más allá del resultado que duele en cuanto a y las cosas que te gustaron del equipo sobre todo para mirar hacia adelante Sí, la verdad duele mucho. Es, es el clásico, es un juego personal para nosotros, nuestras familias, los fanáticos, historia entre los clubes. Y, y, y perderlo duele mucho, ¿no? Y pido perdón, bueno, a, a los fanáticos porque la intención es ganar esta y, y tomar el juego mucho en personal y con mucho orgullo, pero no dio, no dio Felicidades a a, a ellos, es un muy buen equipo con, con buenos piezas en el mediocampo un jugador con push eh, después de cambiar el juego en cualquier momento y lo, y lo hizo de nuevo esta noche y desafortunadamente no, no pudimos eh, cerrarlo en la manera que, completamente como queríamos, en 90 minutos pero eh, sí, mira creamos oportunidades de goles para el 3-1 antes de la mitad Eh, tratamos de reorganizarnos defensivamente para el segundo tiempo y, y no rendimos al final empujamos el juego tratamos de empatarlo yo tengo un grupo que tengo fe si la empatamos la podemos ganar pero pero no se dio lástima a los 10 minutos en el segundo tiempo como empezamos el segundo tiempo el partido se perdió en los 10 minutos en el segundo tiempo donde no estábamos organizados defensivamente como como lo habíamos hecho mejor antes del primer tiempo terminar y y, y dar a tiempo y espacio a Push para correr y, y hacer su disparo rival área te cuesta te cuesta y yeah. ahí ahí es donde estamos decepcionados no cuando, cuando estar compactos será la clave pero <coughs> mira estamos en una posición en la tabla que controlamos el, el destino jugamos Minnesota que es el equipo enfrente de nosotros en la tabla por los puntos y, y el que gana el próximo partido está más 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 arriba y, y es ser cada partido es un final en este momento para todos los equipos, es muy apretado y tenemos que mover mover para frente muy rápido, tener una memoria muy corta y, y creer y tener fe y responder ahora contra Minnesota. We'll
0: take a
3: Muy buenas noches. Max. Muy.
1: ¿Bajale bu-
4: boludo?
3: Muy buenas noches. ¿Cómo fue el proceso de prepararse? Para el para, para los tres encuentros no más que todo que, que vienen esta semana quiero saber cómo ha sido uh, para cambiar el juego de estilo no para estos los, 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 los dos juegos pasados eh, esta semana fue un poco apretada para ustedes los juegos eh, ahorita viene eh, Minnesota qué cambios estarán presentes para el sábado y qué opina de la resiliencia del equipo esta noche muy buenas noches gracias
6: no mira vamos día a día vamos día a día vamos a ver cómo recuperaron los chicos no tuvimos lesionados adicionales eh, vamos a recuperar mañana y tener un entreno con los que necesita más minutos y después es no perder tiempo y enfocar en ya mañana es en un enfoque en Minnesota eh, Y, y dependemos en todos. No sabemos si vamos a hacer rotaciones o no. Tenemos jugadores físicamente muy bien, mentalmente muy bien. O sea que vamos a analizar eso. Pero vamos vamos día a día. Para mí era, es importante cuando planificamos por cada partido, no, no miramos mucho en, frente, o al, en el horizonte de por qué Porque se te puede sacar concentración en lo que queda enfrente de ti. O sea que vamos día a día, paso a paso, y analizamos el grupo mañana para responder.
2: We'll now take questions in English, starting with Alex Morgan. Hey, Lucci. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, I want to ask about the, the midfield battle tonight, uh, you know, how you guys were approaching Ricky Pooch. Um, you know, obviously, at, at times, the Galaxy had a lot of success, especially early in the second half, finding space in between the lines, you know, that 40-yard you know, run that, that Ricky was able to make before he scored his goal. Uh, it was a low moment. And then there were also, you know, a twenty minute period in the first half where it felt like the Quakes were able to find space in the midfield and able to make combos to the middle. So I am kind of playing out over the course of the game uh and, and you know what adjustments you were making in the middle of the game to try to win.
5: Yeah, look we we, we recognize Pooja's talent and his ability to break lines on the dribble and combination. We we believe making him come lower lower for the ball is is doing the right job because you're making compactness difficult for him to find the ball up the field. I thought first half, you know, we did it after conceding. We did it better to build pressure. We were compact. We force plays inside to out. Force them to try to play outside, inside, and they didn't. You know, collapse and try to back press and win the offensive transition. So overall pretty pretty satisfied with the adjustments of the guys uh, first half. We spoke about even having more compactness to get pressure on their center backs and any mids dropping low and then forcing it outside. And you know the goal they scored the tying goal and the two twos. That's I was saying in Spanish there's a 10 minute moment at the start of the second half that we were going to be we're really disappointed when we watch the video because we, we weren't as compact. We weren't as uh together and then it created that space between lines that Pooch took advantage of and, and drove the ball forward and scored a, a, fi- a finish when he has time and space. So, you know, that that's those are 10 minutes we wish we could take back because the game turned around in that moment. Um, I thought we were unfortunate not to make it 3-1 before the half. Uh, we wanted to continue to be dangerous. Second half, we pushed. We didn't give up. Uh, so we're a group that doesn't give up. We're going to keep trying to respond. Uh, but we're, we're disappointed with the 10 minutes that, that didn't. Uh, that turned the game around and so you know apologies to our fans um for for you know this is the derby this is the one that that we hate to lose we take this very personal so um it did happen it didn't happen uh, we gotta have a short memory move forward quickly look at the table minnesota's right there with us in points whoever wins this next game will go over the other and and that's how close it is right now and how tight the race is and we control our destiny you know we worked hard together this whole season to be in this position fight for a playoff spot. That doesn't change. It's about staying together, learning from the last experience and trying to get better. Um, and, and we have the opportunity to do that against Minnesota at home, and we we got to move forward quickly tomorrow. I'll take a next
1: question from Michael Roberson.
0: All right, Lucci, um, did you think that it was going to be your night when you guys got the own goal to tie it up and then what was scores a couple of minutes later and it looked like it was going to be your night and then you, get, you lose on a penalty kick. So how disappointing was that to have that uh, type of uh, tails of two halves?
5: Yeah, look, I, I don't think the center ref did a great job. I thought he was very inconsistent. I thought he called a lot of little calls for them. and didn't call a lot of little calls for us, little handballs, little fouls, little, you know, not advantages. And so that, you know, that plays into the game. But at the end of the day, we, we have to respond to that adversity. and not make excuses we're not victims of anything we we work on our mentality we talk about it and look we I believe the uh, from minute one to minute 98 97 because um, we, we one of our biggest values is is believing we believe so you know I thought we pushed the game at the end we put crosses in the box I'm lucky not to get on the end of one of those the score was offside so Guys that came in the game, pushed pushed offensively for us, uh, good to see that. But, you know, I believe, we believe till the end, no matter what, and we're going to believe in the next moment, tomorrow's regen, tomorrow's training, we're going to believe, and we're going to believe in our approach against Minnesota. Um, but the game is is, is tough uh, because I, I thought we had 75 of the 90 minutes doing really positive things, but the game, you get punished in, in those small moments, in those key moments. Whether it's fifteen minutes or seventy-five minutes.
1: Take a next question from Jamin Moore. Hey, Lucci. Um, obviously, a disappointing result tonight. But uh, since we won't get to talk to you before Minnesota, looking looking ahead, at, uh, one of the things that appeared to me tonight was Nico Jokic brought a bit of energy. It was maybe his uh, his best performance in some time for this team, and he's a young man. we understand down by anything that you were looking for from Nico tonight in uh, in a sort of uh, in a way that uh, gives you some some hope for you know his uh, his performances uh, coming down the stretcher thank you
5: yeah we, you know we we, uh, we know we can count on Nico come and give us a spark uh, driving the game forward uh, in the dribble and combination wants the ball. He has personality when he plays. He's competitive. And so yeah, he definitely generated just good ball rotations, good bypasses wide for crosses and, and driving towards the, the box to create set-up combinations and slipping some balls in the channel. So, um, you know, he, he's a really young player and uh, he's got a really high ceiling. So proud of him to keep, keep developing, growing, coming back from that injury early in the season, which was really tough. Making a U-20 roster. Being in our competition and our team, um, you know, he's an important player for us, and he's got the future, big future ahead of him.
3: We'll take a final question from
0: Robert Jonas. All right.
3: We'll take a final question from Marco Ukolovic.
2: Hi, Lucien.
0: I know you're being diplomatic earlier uh, about the officiating, but. I, I gotta say it was downright atrocious and, and what I wanna know is how you, were you able to keep your composure
2: and your team's composure through all those subsequent bad calls in that second half.
5: Yeah, look, it's it's part of the game. You know, refs are human beings. We're all human beings and and we're we're not perfect. We're you know, I'm sure Lucas's effort, I'm sure, was to do to do his best. So, um, but there's little details and that, that for me could have been better just just to keep, keep the game uh, more neutral. Um, but, you know, again, the, we have to stay focused on what we control, you know, which is our, our mentality, our response, our energy in the next moment, staying present. Um, and, you know, that's that's what we have to do. No excuses here. You know, this happens at every level and uh, every league in the world. Uh, but, you know, we're not, that's it, it's done. Let's let's focus on ourselves and what we control to get, to be better.
1: Thank you everyone for joining us. We will be back with an
6: earthquakes player shortly.
0: All right. Well, a lot there from Lucci, including uh, a very rare moment of, Calling out the ref for the center ref for his performance on the night, which we'll see if that leads to any sort of um, action from the league. as Tends to
2: happen. Second time. Well, you you the had second
0: actually... time though. He was saying
1: he's human.
0: He yeah, made... Right. <laughs> <laughs> Walking. Back, the yeah. Guy, right. Yeah. But you had mentioned earlier, Jamie, it's interesting that that happened because you have brought up Matias Almeida and kind of the way things function there. And there was a little bit of that, you know, with some of the comments that we heard from Lucci, it's very rare for us to kind of hear him uh, make that what I think is probably a mistake on his part to be criticizing the referees. Uh, but he did talk a lot about the team's response to Ricky Puch. I think, Alex, you actually asked the question in regard to the midfield. Um, so I'm curious about what you thought about his response. He talked about the compactness. he th- it sounded more like a response to the player, you know, kind of like as was a fact that like uh, chasing the game rather than being uh, positioned in the moment. So I'm kind of interested to hear what your thoughts are in regards to what he said about the, the midfield's performance and the response to Ricky Pooch. He,
2: he seemed to think the problem was more isolated to that 10-minute period at the start of the second half. I, I don't think it was just that 10-minute period. I think that 10-minute period was particularly bad. But I think the entire second half really and large chunks of the first half uh, they, they weren't capable of de- defending Ricky Pooch in, in the way that they needed to be. And I, I think that issue is, is, you know, who you have in that number 10 position, uh, doing that legwork. Cause Jack Skane is a guy who is an incredible motor who can press, you know, the heck out of opponents and, and keep on them. And, uh, Jameer Montero is good at winning the ball in transition. He likes to find his pockets to win it, but he's more of an opportunist in the way that he presses. He'll pop up in this position. He'll pop up in that position, and he'll win the ball. But he's not good for a game like this where I think they really should have considered man-marking Ricky Pooch in that in that midfield role because he was dropping into the center right from the beginning of the game. Literally the first five minutes, the Quakes couldn't win the ball because Ricky Pooch had the ball in that uh, in that, you know, defensive line and was able to quarterback the game from there. And I I, I don't think the Quakes had the right approach to manage it mm. with Jameer Montero and, and J- Jeremy Abobasi you know, in the, in that kind of uh, uh, two forward defensive role.
0: Uh, so speaking of approach, one thing that I found kind of interesting that Lucci mentioned is that he said that they were very close to making this a three to one game right before the end of the first half. And sure. I think he, you know, one thing that he did that I think a lot of people might find fault with is he continued to press the issue against the Galaxy rather than taking a more conservative approach to the match. I'm wondering kind of what you think about that, Jamin. Do you think that uh, Lucci's approach here was at fault or do you think that he had the right approach and it was just a matter of the players and the way that they uh, performed on the pitch?
1: I think he indicated that there were situations where the players didn't perform, you know, to what the game plan expected of them. There were times where there was nobody on Ricky Pooch. There were times there were five players on Ricky Pooch. Neither one of those is a good situation. And so it's important that you understand, okay, if he's going to receive, I talked about how can we get him to receive the ball in a way that it's not going to be dangerous. And we had a particular game plan for how we wanted him to be able to receive the ball. Okay. But when that does not happen, when he receives it too high, when he receives it too deep, you need to understand, okay, who's going to be there, whether it's a man mark or whether it's going to be a combination or, you know it's going to be you know the 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 old uh you know method of of you know sh- shadow cover balance and things like that so look you have to understand exactly what the situation calls for and the quakes were very at least inconsistent in how they reacted in some of those defensive situations
2: well because in the first half they they were doing okay when they were just bunkering and, and closing down the space in the midfield and making it tight. They were doing good, I think, when they were pushing the tempo a little bit more. Second half, I don't know what they were doing because they weren't pressing at all. And then there was so much space in between lines that Ricky Pooch just had a that's, that's the 10 minutes where the game
1: kind of got out of hand. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, the penalty, the penalty happened. But frankly, you know, there were two players that basically committed a penalty there. So, you know, that was going to get called no matter what. You know, the question is, you know, I, I was kind of surprised Lucci didn't talk about the situation where a boba went down on the on the edge of the box and, and there was no call there. Although I didn't think it was a real good penalty shot. But, you know, if you're going to go like, hey, you know, the referee did a poor job tonight. You know, that's a situation where you're calling it over here. You know, do you call it over over there? Um, five yellow cards. We, we looked at the stats, you know, for tonight, five yellow cards against the Quakes two against the Galaxy, more fouls against the Quakes, I think 13 or so. Mm-hmm. than the Galaxy, I think it was eight. So, you know, if when you're playing a home game in MLS, you kind of want to get, like, the home call. And it definitely felt like tonight they weren't getting they
2: weren't. the home
0: call. And The interesting thing is that I, LA support... And I, and and I, I, by the way,
1: I, I, I'm not the guy who points at referees.
3: Right.
1: I'm the guy who oh, We're going to talk to Tommy
3: Townsend. With a question from Ivan Good
2: night, Tommy Thompson. Uh, I know this was a difficult game and you've played in many Cali Classico over your time with the club. Uh, How did this one feel in a rare occasion to play in front of the fans at PayPal Park as opposed to Stanford?
4: Yeah, it's disappointing. I mean, it hurts to lose to the Galaxy under any circumstance, but to lose to them at home, just makes it makes it even worse. Uh, it's a it was a difficult feeling uh, when that final whistle blew. I thought we were putting putting the heat on them. I thought we had a couple of good chances at the end there, uh, but d- disappointed to to drop three points at home, especially to L. A. of all of all teams.
1: Next, we'll go to Robert Jonas.
3: Uh, thank you. you know, Tommy, you've been through a lot of stretch runs. This is a team that does currently sit above the playoff line, but you know, games are running out and performances like tonight it may not be enough to keep you there. With with a game against Minnesota coming up in a couple of days, what what are you, what are the players, what does the coaching staff need to do to, to reestablish that home dominance that at times was missing tonight?
4: Yeah, I mean, we got to just get back to how we were playing uh, before the break. I think we've we've shown what we can do in this league, and throughout the season we've 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 shown that we're we're very strong at home. Um, so we need to have a quick memory. Uh, tonight's performance wasn't what uh, we were hoping for, uh, but the good news for us and what we're excited about is that we have a great opportunity on on Saturday against a team that's just I I believe right above us uh, in in the standings. So it's a it's a huge opportunity. Uh, and so we're going we're gonna to focus on that. This team is, is talented, um, and tonight just we, we didn't show our potential, but I'm confident you know, we've been able to respond all year to, to adversity, so I'm confident this group will get it done on Saturday.
3: Next, we'll go to Alex Morgan.
2: Hi, Tommy. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, can you talk about the 10-minute the period at the beginning of the second half Um, You know, Lucci expressed his disappointment uh, in the way the team played in in that period. And I'm curious, you know, going into halftime where you guys could have been up three to one, had, you know, a lot of the momentum, what the conversation was, what you guys were trying to do at the beginning of the second half. And, and, you know, from your vantage point, you know, some of the things you were seeing that, you know, why you thought that might have broke down.
4: Yeah, it was uh, it was a back and forth game, uh, I thought. L.A. started the game very well, um, but then we we turned the game around. Uh, we responded in an excellent way uh, to end the first half, and that gave us a lot of momentum. I mean, the guys were, were feeling good at halftime, um, but we knew you know, L.A. is fighting for their lives right now uh, at, the, at the bottom of the standing, so we knew they are going to come out uh, ready to go. And uh, unfortunately, um you know one of their big time guys in a big time play um, and that that hurts because you know we we want to keep the momentum that we had in the first half to to continue and accelerate you know to to accelerate in the <clears throat> in the second half but it just didn't didn't come off for us so we got to watch the tape we got to correct things and make sure that we don't give um, guys like that time on the ball cuz you know it's a good team they'll hurt you
3: We'll
2: close with a final question from Marco Lukálovich. Hey, Tommy. Obviously, it was a disappointing result, uh, especially after you guys get that momentum late in the first half with those two goals. But, you know, can you just talk about, you know, your play in in that final, like, 10 minutes when you come in as a sub in the 84th minute, do you feel like you brought some energy uh, right then to the team in in those final 10 minutes there?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I think this group has depth and. we showed that with the guys that, the guys that came on uh, it's a long season and uh, you know, multiple guys have stepped up in, in, in positions that we we need to fill when other guys weren't able to be there. So I think that's going to, that's the strength of this group that's going to help uh, moving forward. Uh, Cause we're going to need everybody over the next eight games. Um, it's uh, it's we're, we're entering now the, the playoff push and uh, to have fresh legs, be able to come off the bench is, is important and this team has that. I believe that's what I bring uh, to this team as well whether I'm starting or subbing in. Um, I, I'm ready to bring energy and I'm ready to try to make an impact whether that's to hold a result for us or to push a result um, like tonight. Uh, I thought we had some some great opportunities at the end. Uh, unfortunately it didn't go our way but like I said at the beginning of the interview I'm, I'm, I'm already looking forward to to being back at home on Saturday. It's a huge game for us, and uh, this locker room will be ready to respond, just like we've shown all throughout the course of the year.
3: Thank you, everyone. That concludes tonight's post-game press conference.
0: All right, a lot of positivity there from Tommy at the very end of the press conference. I mean, having to answer some difficult questions, obviously, Robert, you got to kind of lead off there uh, from the team. I'm curious as to what you think about how Tommy responded to tonight's match.
3: You know, I, he said everything he needed to say. I mean, absolutely. You just have to kind of turn the page. I think he described it as having a quick memory, short memory, whatever you want to call it. You know, that that's exactly what needs to happen um, to capture that, uh, that spirit and that energy they had in the first half of the season is We need, you know, he said it, and I think we need to see it too. They not to show that. I mean, I think the one thing I heard him say that I think was very um, sort of encapsulates tonight's performance. LA was fighting for their lives tonight, and the and the Quakes did not respond at an high enough level to prevent LA from walking walking away with three points. Um, they had shots, you know, they had opportunities when Tommy was in the game in the last 10 minutes. Obviously, the Galaxy is just packing back and, and looking to see the game out, you know, but, you know, it should never have really gotten to that point. You know, a team that's that far down in the standings, if you know they're going to be fighting, then you need to be fighting even harder, and, and you're at home. And, and so while he might have had a positive end, I'm I'm actually feeling a little less positive, you know, and I I, I want to see this team respond on Saturday in a way that shows that
0: they can be hungry, too. You know, one of the things that I that I found interesting and you just echoed it right now was uh, when he was talking about LA fighting for their lives. I mean, one thing, and Jamin, you had mentioned this earlier in the season, the teams go in playing teams that respond to what's happening during the match. They're not playing teams that are just uh, out there as like uh, NPCs. They don't just run around like, mindless right they're responding la went into the locker room at halftime and they came back with the game plan and they executed Mm -hmm. so alex it looked like you're about to say something here before i cut you off
2: yeah i think if you're looking for who's going to step up in the the back half of the season uh who who where the quakes need leadership in this team uh you know who at halftime could have been uh stepping up I, i i'm looking at the back line I'm looking at the defense because you look at these last few performances that the Quakes have had defensively, not good enough. The beginning of the year, their defense was their strong point. They were winning one-goal games, uh, they were narrowly beating teams, and they were keeping lots of clean sheets. Now, Daniel has to make three, four key saves just to keep them in the game, and they're still allowing two to three goals per game. The issue is the back line right now, and we haven't really talked about that yet. And I'm I'm surprised it's kind of avoided our focus let's, tonight let, because let's get to it because Jonathan Mensah mm-hmm. was in the starting lineup. After 15 minutes, tried to rugby tackle uh, Jovalich and uh, the Quakes allowed a goal. And and I don't think that Jonathan Mensah, you know, did enough to, to warrant uh, the starting spot again at the weekend. And and you know, if not for Miguel Trauco saving
1: him, he would have been at fault for another penalty because my recollection is. The last time he started, he was at fault for a penalty in mm-hmm. that game and the game before that, too. That would have been his third penalty that he would have conceded this season. So these calls for Jonathan Mensah over Tanner Beeson, I just have to say that I just don't see it. I, I don't think like it's so much better that, you know, the, that, you know, it's warranted the reaction to Beeson starting. And I think tonight is another reminder of why Tanner Beeson right now is honestly as good as Jonathan Mensah is mm. on the pitch. Now, maybe that's his age, right? Maybe that's a new environment. Maybe him and Rodriguez are not a perfect pairing that we had hoped they would be, or maybe they thought they would be at the beginning of the season, but it's not working right now with Jonathan Mensah. When it works, it's because he gets put as the third in a three-man back line, and that I can get down with, but I'm actually kind of you know in the camp of Go back to Tanner Beeson right now.
0: Mm-hmm. No, and I and you hadn't even at least he's that.
1: not gonna give up a penalty. Right. He, may get, he may let a couple players run past him. Right. But at least he's not gonna give up a penalty. I and, uh, last that. I checked. Yeah. Last uh, I yeah,
6: checked,
1: pretty much the <laughs> I, just about that you can give yeah. up in the world is a penalty. Yeah. Let's not. Give up a penalty because that's what caused a loss tonight rather than escaping with a point
0: right but there was also the the one-on-one with tyler boyd in which he scored the goal too. Well, so of, that, of that course i'm going to give him a little
1: benefit well, it was a there of a lower opportunity some, there, was for, some, there was some
0: there was some slippage yeah going on over there
1: mm-hmm. oh, but you could also okay. say well he <laughs> got a little beat. Bit. <laughs> look oh, no i'm just saying like no <laughs> tonight. it was slick yeah, over here slick. it was slick over there multiple players flipping but at the same time, if he's got the right position there, yeah. it doesn't matter. Right.
2: I, I think, big picture here, this is just making me think look, winter transfer window, the Quakes need to evaluate Nathan. If Nathan, they think he can claim that starting mm. spot, re sign him. If they don't, let Nathan off the books. Jonathan Mensa, let Jonathan Mensa off the books. Then you have Rodriguez and Tanner Beeson, who realistically are these team like two long-term center backs for this team then you get a solid third center back get a player like that you thought Jonathan Mensa would be at the beginning of the season they need they need another center back in there I wasn't convinced of that at the beginning of the year I wasn't convinced of that for most of the summer because I thought Jonathan Mensah can return to the way he was playing at the beginning of the season I don't think that anymore I, I think that Jonathan Mensah uh, at, at this point uh, has shown that he's not ready to step back up to be the leader that we thought he could be in this team, uh, and, and I don't want to bank on it for next year. Okay. I, I agree with that. i want to ask
1: Robert one question sure. before we move on, yeah. though, because uh, he and I were chatting a little bit about this, but tonight may be the worst performance from the two fullbacks, whoever the starting two fullbacks were, of any game this season. Usually we can come on to any show at the end and go like, yeah, this didn't this didn't work well. This was a problem after any loss, but, hey, man, at least – the outside backs played well, right? And mm-hmm. and they bailed out the Quakes a few times this season as well. Tonight, they were a weak point, I thought, Robert. What were your thoughts?
3: Yeah, I, th- I think the uh, the regular contributions you see from macapo and, and Trauco, especially in midfield and even into the offensive third, just weren't consistent enough tonight. You know, something I think the Galaxy was very prepared for, which I don't think, uh, you know, allowed them to shine in any significant way whatsoever. And so locked back in a more defensive formation, um, yeah, they were they were in some cases uh, playing triage back there. I mean, it was a, it was a back line that has played together and can play together. They clearly trained together, but uh, there wasn't as much comfort. You saw the Galaxy get wide players very open, especially mm-hmm. on the break, and whether it be Trauco on one side or Capo on the other side, struggling to to fill mm-hmm. that space yeah. and not allow that player to to uncontestedly dribble toward the box or just feel like they were in enough control even the game to go to the corner we just didn't see that from our outside backs tonight
0: all right i think that can uh give us a chance to move to the last segment of the show which is our closing thoughts so alex morgan i'm going to go to you first your closing thoughts after the three to two loss against the la galaxy i'm not worried about
2: the Quakes' playoff chances this season but i think that this was a really tough loss for the the fans to swallow the third game against the the galaxy this season, third time they failed to get a win. That is disappointing. I'm glad that Luci Gonzalez apologized to the fans mm-hmm. in the post game press conference for that. I, I appreciate that. I, I think that sometimes he has a tendency to be optimistic about the way that this team is playing. Uh, and I, I, I think that his honesty tonight was, was valuable because the quakes have another game in just a few, few days time from now. Uh, and they're going to need to rebound quickly for that. Uh, and, uh, you're going to hope that Jack Skein is, is going to be available soon. I think you guys said you had an update on that, but I'm not sure that you ever shared. So I, I, I want to leave it with that, because to me that's an important place looking forward.
3: Yeah, with Skane, um we know that he suffered a foot injury. I think uh, it was com- it was commented as an he rolled, ankle. They, called, they said he rolled an ankle rolled in rolled practice. An ankle. You know, he was here at the stadium tonight. He did have a walking boot on, which, you know, may or may not be uh, something you would want to wear precautionarily if your ankle's rolled. But, you know, we don't know when he's back. You know, he would, uh, I sort of commented on it and he didn't have really a response about what that meant. Uh, But, you know, that's something that, uh, to your point, Alex, you know, a little bit concerning that you may not have a player like Jack to to rely on when you need that little bit of push. That's the most concerning news I've heard all night. And actually, it leads to my final thought, which is, you know, that, you know, I'm, I'm becoming less and less convinced with these two losses against Kansas City where they were just dominated. Mm-hmm. Um, and even, you know, let's say very fortunate to get a win in Vancouver, which is, you know, making, looks really good to get those three points given the circumstances. And then coming home and losing to L.A., you know, both L.A. and Kansas City teams that are outside of the playoff line, yeah. but are looking at that you know, opportunity. What's the team they're going to pip to get in there? And they may be thinking it's San Jose that's the team that they can, uh, they can drop down into 10th and take that final spot. Um, I don't think the season gets any easier for this team. And to assume that they're going to walk away with a couple of victories, three victories and a couple draws, whatever it's going to take to sneak in as a ninth place team, I don't think that's a given anymore. And I think that's something that should be concerning, um, that a team with this much talent, a team that is definitely a team that is worthy with its roster of making the playoffs, is in a position where they're gonna to have to earn it and they're gonna really have to fight to get it.
0: All right,
1: Jamie Moore. Yeah, so first off, I'm very excited to have gotten to be here at the stadium, despite the result, uh, to be able to be with the crew. I think the first time all four of us have been together this yes. season, or at least been able to do a post-game aftershock together and along with mm-hmm. having having an A here and of course uh, our photographer as well. So the full crew together Sarah here kind of for the first time. Sarah Lato, by the way, yes. Um, so, you know, it's that that was, you know, exciting and, it, and it's always good. And I got to got to, to meet a couple of uh, people tonight or see people I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, the result, obviously, extremely disappointing after coming back from League's Cup and going on the road in a couple of games where they looked really rough, which is not altogether surprising, you know, given the way that the Quakes have played on the road this year. You wanted to see them come out tonight with a real spark in front of the home fans, yep. and to be able to put a statement on the game, and the opposite was true. whoever was, was talking about the galaxy being hungry, the galaxy came out and just dominated those first you know 20 minutes or so of the game, and that was what was disappointing probably the most to me, was how much more the galaxy seemed to want it, and frankly, in all three games this year, to, to some great some extent seemed to want it. In each of those situations, um, I don't question the heart of the team, but that is extremely disappointing. Now they're going to have to pick themselves up and play at Minnesota United. Now, now some news, uh, their star striker, you know, Bungie has been injured, did not play tonight in a 3-0 home win against Colorado. Although be concerned because they scored three goals without him. Um, Manuel Reynoso has looked pretty good. You know, is the driving force behind this team in general and is the player who's going to feed. He's that central creative playmaker for Minnesota United that Ricky Puget is LA Galaxy. So you have to figure out how to contain these central playmakers and you've got to figure it out fast. That's the number one thing. You shut down Reynoso. You shut down the lines of of uh, you know the attack, uh, being able to get the ball in. To whomever the striker is for sure if Bongi is able to play you know that you know he's a we know he's super dangerous right so that's going to be important to how the Quakes, i think approach this game they need to take the lessons learned from tonight and they're going to have to bring a much better effort because you know who's going to be hungry this weekend it's going to be minnesota. minnesota united
4: yeah
0: so one of the most concerning things for me with this match, aside from the fact that they're playing a Cali Classico and once again did not get the desired result, was the way in which the team responded to really high possession from the opposing team i think that the quakes had some really big lapses in this match and the way that they responded to it i think is similar to what we've seen throughout the season and i don't think that's something that's been addressed and it's very concerning that it's this far into the season and they still haven't fixed that um i don't think it's sustainable to continue to play your opponent with them being on the front foot so often in the match and you see what happens they carry that confidence into other other parts of the match so in the first half yes the quakes did go into the locker room happy thinking that they could have had a three to one lead but they come back out in the second half and the galaxy were ready to go and the quakes were unable to respond to that amount of pressure from la so that's one of the things that i'm hoping if that happens in the match against minnesota united that the quakes are able to respond to because those moments of high possession from the opposing team uh, as it turns out for this quake squad is very problematic so with that, I'd like to invite everybody to visit Quakesepicenter.com where you can find our articles, the salary spreadsheet and our shop, where you can support us. You can also find the Patreon on there for just two bucks a month. You can get access to our articles for $5 a month. You can also get access to the quakes epicenter slack. So you can join us during the match or during the week to talk about the San Jose earthquakes, upcoming games and player performances and all other. Uh, make sure- Follow us threads as well. So, <laughs> if anybody's even on there right now, I don't know. But uh, I want to thank you all for joining us you tonight. Need a blue sky as well. Yeah, maybe. I, I have no idea. Wait, can you actually get the special access? Why, why do you that, need right? that when you have the Quake Shepherd
2: Center patron Slack? Slack, yeah. Come on, guys. On Very, good Very good
0: point. Very. My bad. <laughs> so, so, anyway, um, it was really great being here with you all tonight. I had a lot of fun, and thank you all for joining us tonight for another aftershock. We'll see you next time. <laughs>